standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. And it is a Texit Tuesday. That's right, episode 339 or 339 if you prefer. On January the 24th, 2023, we're back. We're going to talk about Texit. Why? Because of all the issues that encompass what's been going on in the last 10 years. None is as important or all-encompassing as the idea of self-determination and independence. So, before we get into that, let me remind you, like, subscribe, share, follow the show, do your part to help me get the word out. My goal is to have 200 subscribers... And when I reach that goal, I will have a drawing for a nice gift card. So do me a favor, go sign up through the Podbean to follow the show. And when you're done with that, send me an email at according to callus at att.net, att.net. Send me an email saying subscribed. I'll add you into a list. And when the goal is met, we will do a drawing. Hmm. While we're at it, let me just remind you that pretty much all politics is local. And Tip O'Neill, the former Speaker of the House who was a Democrat, understood that, understood it fully. And even the late, great Ronald Reagan knew that. Then he was followed by The man from Georgia, right? Mr. Newt Gingrich. He also knew everything was local. The difference was, is Newt put forth the idea that just because things are happening locally doesn't mean you can't have a nationwide impact. When you look at, you know, Donald, right? The Donald, when he ran for election, he talked about major issues that were affecting all of us. But that easily translated to you, your pocketbook, and your day-to-day life. These issues are valuable. They are useful. They draw us to a conclusion, whatever it may be. But at this point, I am convinced that the only way we can fix what ails us is to devolve control, devolve government to a more local status. Now, I am fully aware that once we get Texas, assuming that happens in a peaceful manner, there are going to be all sorts of concerns or needs and issues that will be put up for redress. And I feel far more confident that we can get that dealt with at that level than we can in DC. So, To that end, I am proud to announce yet again that Mr. Daniel Miller is coming to McKinney, Texas on February the 14th in 2023. We're going to be at the Redemption Point Church, which is downtown McKinney, 107 East Lamar. We're going to be asking for a $10 fee to enter. Reason being is there are expenses involved with everything that we do. And we want to be offset those expenses and hopefully make a profit. And because 
We're from right of center. We don't see profit as being evil. That profit will be used to fund other things we do during the rest of the year. This is put on by the Collin County Patriots. We want for people to understand their liberty and how they're able to interact with their local communities, whether it be at the city, school board, or county level, or even more so at the state level. And while Collin County Patriots takes no position one way or the other, either for Texit or against Texit, several of us in leadership have diverging opinions, and it's okay, because you have to be willing to discuss the issue. You have to be willing to at least acknowledge that this is a possibility. So to that end, myself, Stephen Callis, the host of According to Callis, strongly support the notion that we, the people, ought to have a referendum on this matter. Now, if the state representatives and the state senators are not willing to make it a binding referendum, fine, I accept that. But you should at least be willing to take the pulse of the people that live within our state and what we think about this, instead of hiding behind the tripe that this is some small minority, this is some group of nut job activists, this is some you know crazy out there theory. I'm here to tell you it's not. I'm here to tell you there are a whole lot of people interested in at least exploring the idea. And I'm here to tell you that it's not going to go away. Enter Mr. Daniel Miller. Yes, Mr. Miller has been working at this since 1996. He's put his whole life towards the idea of getting said referendum, declaring and achieving Texas independence. Since 1996, he has been hard at work at this issue and he's built a team and he has a team that is all over the place and they are growing and they are becoming more influential. And quite frankly, they are forced to be dealt with. Now that would not happen if this was some minor bump in the road, some mm, reactionary nut jobs that were doing this. No, this is a viable action. This is a viable movement. If you're not willing to acknowledge that, you have to be willing to say that between a half a million and a million people have no idea what they're talking about. You're going to have to disavow the Scottish nationalist movement, the folks in um, Quebec that are nationalists, the various nationalist factions in Spain. In fact, you're going to have to go backwards and delete the creation of the Czech Republic. You're going to have to delete the nation of Slovenia. You're going to have to actually put Ukraine back under the boot of Russia. You're going to have to disavow the idea that Poland deserves to exist. You're going to have to basically erase every country in Africa, and a good amount of countries that are located in South Asia, in Southeast Asia. Why? Because when you disavow the idea of self-determination, when you want to eliminate the ability, the ability, excuse me, the ability of people to exercise self-determination, you are saying that they don't exist. They have no rights. They are not worthy and they should have the boot of government on their neck at all times, under all auspices. I, for one, am very uncomfortable with that. 
And there are those that are in our own country. There are those that reside in these United States. And they say, well, this has been settled. You know, we had this thing called the Civil War. And the South lost. Okay, that's fine. That was also 150 years ago. Actually, more so now. And quite frankly, I, I, I'm i sorry. It was not 150 years ago. 1865 to 2020. So let's call that a... Yeah, let's go with it. 160 years ago. Not quite, but 160 years ago. That settled that question for that time. And while the motives of some of the people that wanted their independence let's say, are questionable in the very least, that doesn't change the fact that for decades beforehand, the Northeast routinely threatened separation, dissolution of the Union, and their own independence. And the South, or the rest of the country, never once saw fit to go invade them and force them to partake in a hostile relationship, a federal union, if you will. So, we have the foremost expert in the state of Texas coming to McKinney, Texas, to talk about the Texas Constitution and what it has to say and how that relates to Texas and independence. Again, February the 14th, we're going to be starting at 7. We encourage you to show up anytime after 6. There will be time to talk, buy books, and interact This is a golden opportunity if you have questions, if you have doubts, if you have concerns. Come talk to the man who helped create the movement as it stands. And yes, this at some point this is going to sound like a long ad, and that is not my intention. This is just how important this is to me personally. (laughs) You can say, well, you know, we don't want independence. We're better off together. That's all right. You're called a remainer. We still love you, especially if you're right of center, and we're more than willing to work with you on something, somewhere, but if you're not willing to at least entertain the issue, if you're not willing to at least acknowledge it exists and it is an option, then you're leaving your weapons behind when you go to battle. Well... The underlying question that you all must be getting at is, well, why does this matter? Who cares? Hmm. Let me tell you. Now, I know this is going to sound awkward or weird to some people, but if you're left of center and you hated Donald Trump or you hated George W. Bush and you didn't appreciate it when the federal government made rules and dictates that they then imposed on your state. They then mandated claiming that federal federal supremacy clause mandates that you must follow all dictates coming out of D.C. If you chafed under that abuse of power, you should be interested in this. You should understand the value that this is. You should be very curious Now, if you're right of center and you're currently upset and you're chafing and sad about the abuses brought about by the Biden administration, by the fact that they don't enforce the laws that they're actually supposed to enforce, and yet they're creating new rules and new mandates that they have no authority to, you should be very interested in this. 
Because the outcome is, if nothing else, in knowledge and expansion of state sovereignty. The, the states rising up to saying, yeah, that's fine, federal government, but we never gave you that authority to do that, and therefore you're going to have to stay home. Now, some of the lefties, some of the people that are A-OK with murdering babies in the womb, they have figured this out already. See, they looked at it and said, well, um, yeah, if the state of California or the state of Illinois or Virginia or New York, yeah, if they still want to, you know, protect our ability to take part in post-birth murder, excuse me, post Pre-birth murder, excuse me, wow, uh, need a little more caffeine there, buddy. Uh, pre-birth murder. If they want us to protect that, we can do that at the state level. The Supreme Court has said and acknowledged that all along the states had this authority and they should have and could have been doing this. So yes, you can go to New Jersey and execute your pre-born baby. And apparently in New Jersey, they will pay for it and be happy about it. While as we in Texas say, yeah, not so much. That's a bad thing. And it doesn't matter why. Don't get lost in the details there. If it's that important to you that you should be able to terminate your pregnancy because it's inconvenient with you, there are plenty of places for you to go in these United States. And unfortunately, when you go and do that, we don't have the authority to prevent you. I say unfortunately because, see, here we believe that it's murder. We we believe that it is a bad thing. We believe that each life has value and should be treated as such until such time that they violate something that causes them to lose the value of their life. Yeah, it's called death penalty, right? Now, There are Eastern Orthodox out there and Catholics out there that are right now upset with me. Well, you know, we have a constant value of life, right? We are consistent. We don't think it's ever right. Well, okay. (laughs) I accept that interpretation of the scripture. Uh, Respectfully, I disagree with you that there are things that you can do when you violate other people that do have a penalty that includes death. But that is not what's at play here. What is at play here is wholly the idea that when states exercise their authority, when they exercise their stated sovereignty, they can make these decisions on their own. They don't need blessing or permission from the federal government. And see, if the federal government were to understand that, accept that, and move on, that there would probably be the death of the Texas independence movement. There would be no need to become an independent nation if the federal government recognized that they have specific rules of what they must do and what they must not do, and that they don't just get to make them up or ignore them as they see fit. That would protect the union. That would um, bring about a much longer existence of these United States. But see, I don't think these United States are going to be around, whether we like it or not, for a whole lot longer. And I like the idea that Texas would go out on its own terms. I, I love the idea that Texas would be able to separate and stand on its own and actually have a fighting chance for survival. I'm not worried about all those details. They can be sorted out. 
They can be dealt with, whether it's sending people back to California or New York where they came from because they're unhappy here, whether it's deporting or relocating people from south of the border that no longer want to be here, whether it's a free ride over into Louisiana or, I don't know, Illinois, for people that are here that came from south of the border that have zero desire to go back to the south border, hey, uh, we can talk about all that too. Whether it's an army base that, quite frankly, could be leased back or could be purchased by the sovereign Republic of Texas, these are all things that can be sorted out. They are not deal breakers. And for those of you that are going to sweat the load on your social security, fear not. People that routinely move to foreign countries to retire there still get their social security check. I'm not sure how I feel about that personally, but that's the way the law is written now and that's the way it's applied. Do not be afraid. Do not panic. This has happened before. There is good historical information related to this. Now, when Yugoslavia broke up, it created, I guess, seven countries, right? Slovenia, Croatia, um, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Serbia, um, what is called the former Yugoslavian Republic of Macedonia, Kosovo, and I'm missing one, I think. But yes, there were three wars or a three-way war going on there, but Slovenia pretty much went off on its way without a problem. The area now referred to as Macedonia, other than upsetting a whole lot of Greeks that they shouldn't call themselves Macedonia, pretty much went about their way. To this day, Albania is interfering in Kosovo, which upsets the Serbians. But to my knowledge, there's not a hot war going on there right now. And then, of course, there's the Croats and the uh, Bosnians and Herzegovina countryside, right? Those people are all doing okay at this point. And yeah, it was kind of messy for about 30, 40 years. But let's be honest, all those strifes and all those issues long pre-existed the creation of Yugoslavia. Let's look at Czechoslovakia. There were two countries, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. They were merged together. They became Czechoslovakia. They were put under the boot of the Soviet Union. They broke apart after they received their independence. And the sad thing is that they had previously been under the boot of the Nazis because there's a whole lot of Germans that live in the Czech Republic. And the Germans felt like they should exert more influence and power over the Czech Republic than what they previously did. So they did a little battle royal there too. But again, those people separated. Now they have their own republic, right? And then there's a whole bunch of little principalities that exist apart from the larger country. I mean, and, and let's not forget that Germany and Italy were not even unified until about 200 years ago. And actually, it's less than that if you want to get to brass tacks. But there was no unification seriously can, tried after the breakup of both the Roman Empire and then the quote-unquote Holy Roman Empire. There were various... Um, battles of reasserting dominance and powers, right? When you when you look at the map of Europe, you can see where all these divisions exist and the countries leave this country and create their own country. And it was perfectly acceptable. Now, maybe the king wasn't real thrilled about it, but if the people wanted it, the people got it. I mean, just look at the entire map of 
Africa, the entire continent of Africa, has been rewritten multiple times in the last century and a half. Now, I would submit to you that most of those countries, for better or for worse, probably still don't really make sense where their geographic boundaries are, but at least at the moment they appear somewhat stable. We'll see how long that lasts. When you take an entire continent that's got, oh, I don't know, 30 to 60 tribal groups within it, which don't really intermix, and then you've got on the north part, basically Arab Muslims, and then you've got uh, African black Muslims, and then you've got, you know what, on South Africa, there's a whole lot of relocated white people that have been there for 400 years. They Do they count as European Africans? White Africans? How does that get figured out? Don't know. And don't even get started on Asia. I mean, that's been remade so many times. Let me ask you, does Tibet exist or not? And then, of course, there's South America, which has got its own issues. And again, people, they break apart, they separate, they create a new country, they merge back together. This has been going on for couple hundred years. This is all normal. It's a good process. If you can break apart and do it peacefully, everybody wins. Who said you can't change the borders? Who said that this is the way it must be? I mean, back when the United States had only 48 states, should we have stopped then? Before we included Arizona, should we have stopped then? What if Arizona wants to break back off? Who cares? I mean, Arizona kind of lose, but I mean, Who cares? We shouldn't fear the unknown. We shouldn't fear people taking direct control over how they run their lives. We should not fear the idea that people have an independent nature and they want to assert themselves. But that is what we fall upon all the time. Or the old tribe that, well, war settled this. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure the Irish would agree with you. The Irish were subjugated for hundreds of years and they fought many battles for their own independence and they at least received some sort of independence. They maintain it, sort of. They're too busy fighting amongst themselves from time to time in history, but they're largely free from the boot of Great Britain, from England, if you will, right? You know, Norway and Sweden both joined together and broke apart at least twice that I'm aware of, and they did it rather peacefully. It can be done. So I don't know what this great fear is. I don't know what external threat is so concerning that you refuse to allow people to express their own independence. And while we're at it, keep in mind that our federal government seems very content to keep poking the bear, whether it's the Russian bear or the dragon, which would be the Chinese communists. But at what cost? What do they think they're going to possibly gain from messing with these groups of people, from these countries out there that at least on the surface don't look like they have any way that they could possibly overthrow our country? Unless, of course, they buy them out and all of our leaders sold us out, which, you know, that would never happen. So let me ask you, what's the worst that could happen? Texas declares its independence, goes on for 30 years, decides, hey, you know what? We really can't make this work. We're losing money. We're hemorrhaging money. And we don't have a 
way to protect our border and you know it's a mess and there's runaway spending in austin oh wait that's what we have right now with dc in charge so i ask you would you really be any worse hmm and while we're on the subject and we're just kind of going a little bit on the limb let me remind you that when we declare our independence when we create a new government there is nothing that limits the amount of states that we could become or join us. There's nothing that would determine that while you can only still have X amount of senators and X amount of state representatives. I mean, I'm just going to guess with, let's say 40 million people in the state of Texas, perhaps at the very least we need 400 reps. Just, just as a wild guess, perhaps over in the Senate, we break it up by the county lines, right? Or you add up enough counties together to where you reach a million people. Well, that would take us from, what, 31 senators to 40? I'm not comfortable with that either, but, I mean, it's a way to do things. Or we could break it up into regional districts, right? I mean, realistically, what does Houston have in common with the Panhandle? What does far northeast Texas have in common with Big Bend? Not a whole lot of anything, but we're all Texans. We all want what's best for Texas. And those regions being properly represented makes it balance out. Just a thought, just a consideration. But again, if you're not willing to imagine what things might look like, if you change things up, if you're not willing to at least consider there are other options, I don't know what to tell you. But if you would like to have just a little taste, if, you, if you'd like to have just some understanding of how this might work or what's at play here, you have your opportunity. On February the 14th, yes, you love your spouse. You love your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Take them out on the weekend. It's a Tuesday night. Come join us. Show your love for Texas. Show your love for independence. And get educated. Get informed. And if we're real lucky... Maybe we'll even have a state rep badmouth our visit. (laughs) Well, you know, the only reason why they would fear that is because we, the people, want to take back some control and they don't like it. I can think of no better reason to be involved in something like this than because our government officials that already ignore us are upset by it. And with that, this was the Texas Tuesday on the 24th of January in 2023, episode 339. Hey, come and join us. We'll be back on Wednesday. Until then, I will see you on the other side.